today on Adventures in Faith with Jerry Savelle. History is about to repeat itself. They're going to see, the world is going to see that our God is a God of restoration. Our God is a God of deliverance. Our God is a God of abundance. Our God is the God of the turnaround. And they're going to be talking about their God has done great things for them. Psalm 126, once again, when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. And here's another part, I believe, history is about to repeat itself. Notice it was the heathen saying, God has done great things for his people. Yes. Amen. Now, the, now the, the people of God, they agreed, yes, the Lord has done great things for us. But notice it was outsiders who noticed yes. that God was doing great things for his people and they were talking about it. Yes. History is about to repeat itself. They're going to see, the world is going to see that our God is a God of restoration. Our God is a God of deliverance. Our God is a God of abundance. Our God is the God of the turnaround. And they're going to be talking about their God has done great things for them. So go ahead and praise God in advance. Amen. Hallelujah. One moment, everything looked hopeless. And the next moment, everything had been restored. That's just the way God is. Amen. When the Lord turned the captivity, God will turn your captivity and restore all that has been lost. And once again, all we're required to do is just stay in faith. The Passion Translation says, now, Lord, do it again. Now, Lord, do it again. Lift up both hands and say, Lord, Lord, I am a candidate for restoration. Now, Lord, do it again. Amen. Hallelujah. And give him another shout in advance. Praise God. God will rob sorrow of its pain and he will bring you out of a state of bondage, distress, and misery. He'll cause your mind to be settled. He'll cause peace to return. If you'll only just stay in faith. And notice once again that God doubled Job's fortunes. And listen to this. Verse 12, as we read earlier. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. The contemporary English version says, the Lord blessed Job more than ever before. And that's where you and I are headed. The Lord blessed Job more than ever before. And my Bible says that we have a better covenant founded on better promises. So if God blessed Job more than ever before, and we have a better covenant founded upon better promises, what do we have to look forward to? Hallelujah. 
Oh, I think you ought to put a big smile on your face. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them, my, 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 are we headed for some great things? Amen. So don't cast away your faith. That's right. The best is yet to come. Once again, the Holy Spirit said to me in 2021, it will be a time of abundant overflow. God is not going to allow the devil to get away with any of the attacks that he's launched against you since all this hit beginning last year. God is going to restore. Hallelujah. He's going to make your adversary pay for what he's put you through. God's justice will stand for you just like it did for the children of Israel in the Old Testament. In Ezekiel 22, uh, I'm sorry, Exodus chapter 22, verse 7, it says, if the thief be found, let him pay double. Amen. In Isaiah chapter 61, verse, verse 7, for your shame, you shall have double. Uh, Creflo Dollar preached right here several years ago, and he called the sermon, Double for Your Trouble. Come on. Amen. That's what God is saying. For your shame, you shall have double. The Amplified says, instead of dishonor and reproach, your people shall rejoice and everlasting joy shall be theirs. Justice is about to be served. Verse 8 says, and I will faithfully give them their recompense. Look at your neighbor and say, payday is coming. Does anybody like payday? Hallelujah. Uh, John Osteen used to preach a sermon. I I remember him preaching at Kenneth Hagin's camp meeting many years ago. Uh, God doesn't always pay on Friday, but he does pay. Amen. Payday's coming. Hallelujah. Our God is a loving God. And he's also an abundant provider. Once again, he doesn't just restore, make things come back as original, but he makes things better and improves and brings increase. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, the Amplified Version says that he came that we might have life and that we have it in abundance to the full and until it overflows. Amen. If your life is not overflowing, then God's not done yet. Hallelujah. Life to the full, another translation says, and life to the full includes getting back everything that's been stolen from you. Can you say amen? Amen. Ephesians chapter three, verse 20, as you well know, God is the God that does exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. I like the way the Amplified Bible says that we dare ask, dare think, dare dream, dare believe. I've said many times, and some of you have heard me say it before, uh, Brother Copeland and I were preaching in uh, Bogota, Colombia recently, and I preached it there, and uh, my interpreter Uh, I kind of stumped him when I I used this phrase. He just kind of looked at me, didn't know how to interpret it. And I said, uh, when I was a young boy, I was born in the South, and we Southern boys have a phrase. We dared each other to do things all the time. But we didn't just dare, we double dog dared. (laughs) 
Anybody ever heard of a double dog there? Now, I'm not sure where that come from, but that's the way we did as kids growing up in the South. You double dog there. And if you didn't, if you didn't take on a double dog there, you weren't worth your salt. And you got ridiculed every day thereafter. So I never turned down a double dog dare. And sometimes some of the things they dared me to do, thank God for angels' protection. If it hadn't been for the angels, I wouldn't be here today. Amen. And uh, so I said, I believe God was born, or God's throne is in the southern part of heaven. He's a southerner. And I hear him saying, Jerry, I double dog dare you to dream big. I double dog dare you to think big. I double dog dare you to believe big. And my interpreter just stood there and looked at me. He didn't know how to translate double dog. <laughs> and so he looked down at his father, who was the pastor, and his father gave him some word in Spanish and he used it. I never did know what it actually meant. And then when we went to the airport to fly back, to Fort Worth, we're sitting out in the FBO and the pastor and all of his family came to, to, to see us off. And the pastor came up to me and he said something to me. And, and of course it's in Spanish and his son was standing there and he was going to interpret for me or translate for me. And he said, my father just said, he double dog dares you to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was cute. <laughs> God is double dog daring us yes. to believe that he can restore everything Satan has stolen. How many of you could stand some restoration? Particularly during this time that, you know, COVID hit and things shut down and people losing their jobs and people having to take their hard-earned serving savings to just, uh, you know, make ends meet and so forth. Well, that was not God's plan for you to have to do that. And God is going to make your adversary pay for what he stole from you. Yeah. Amen. How many of you remember the story of, of, the, of the woman who went to the, Jesus referred to him as an unjust judge. Avenge me of my adversary, she said. And he, he wouldn't pay any attention to her as much as shut the door in her face. But the Bible says because she would, and I'm paraphrasing, she would not take no for an answer. She just kept knocking on the door. And every time he came, avenge me of my adversary. And he would not. And he just slammed the door in her face. And she just kept knocking and she just kept coming. She had a right. And he was the one who could make that right be fulfilled. And finally, he decides, well, this woman is going to, as we say in Texas, worry wart me. <laughs> she's going to keep coming and I might as well give her what she's asking for. And so he did. Now, Jesus wasn't comparing that unjust judge to God, but he does say this, and God will avenge those, amen? Yes. That's, that's, that's just 
part of the nature of God. He does not want your adversary stealing from you. And if he does get away with it, he will make him pay. Amen. He'll make him pay. I remember when the Lord gave me that message back there about if Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. And once again, I, 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 I don't know how many translations it's been put in. It's going around the world. I, I have gone to nations in the past. I've preached in 49 different nations. And many of those nations, when I got there, my messages got there long before I did, you know, by tape or book or so forth. And Carolyn and I, the first time we ever went to Singapore, this was years ago. And uh, we got there late that night. And, and I don't know, I mean, I'd never been to Singapore. And I don't know anybody there. And there was some other American ministers that were going to be in this conference with us but they weren't on our flight. So uh, we're, we're walking through the airport when we, when we landed and I don't know who's to meet us. I don't know who's going to pick us up, take us to the hotel. And this is back before 9-11 so people could come to the gate and meet you and so forth. So we're just walking through the airport. We don't, we don't have a clue who's going to be meeting us. And so there were two young men coming toward us and they had this grin on their face. And I thought that might be our ride. That might be the people that are going to pick us up. And the closer they got to us, you know, uh, they stopped and they looked at me and, and they were shorter than me. It's not very often I get looked up to. I told Jesse, go to Singapore. You'll love it. Everybody will look up to you. <laughs> and uh, they walked up to me and said, Oh, Brother Jerry, Satan can't steal your goods if he can't get your joy. I said, Carolyn, this is our ride. <laughs> the messages got there even before we did, praise God. And so when, when this happened to me, when, when the Lord gave me that, uh, Carolyn and I had just bought a place here in Fort Worth on the north side of Fort Worth. And this place had been owned by Senator John Conley, back in the 50s. He built the house. Senator Conley was the man in the limo when JFK was assassinated. And um, of course, he had sold that place years before and, and most of the property that went with it had been sold off and then they built a lot of houses around it. But it was a beautiful old house, but it needed restoring. And Carolyn came from a building family and she's she is amazing. She can take something that looks like it needs to be set on fire and she can make a show place out of it. If you can believe God for the money. Okay. And so she said, I want that place, Jerry, buy that for me. And so we got this place and it had not been taken care of in a while. And it needed a lot of work, but it had tremendous potential. It had a swimming pool in the back. It had gardens. It had a guest house. And most of the land had been sold off, but it was still a beautiful old place. And so Carolyn wanted to do her thing. And uh, so we started believing God for the money for the restoration. Well, this, this place had a lot of trees on the property, a lot of trees. 
And you have to understand, if you live in Fort Worth, you have to believe God for a tree. (laughs) Trees are not plentiful around here. And uh, so this place had a lot of trees on it. But they, they, a lot of them had some kind of disease and they were dying. And so I called uh, a tree surgeon out to take a look at them and give me an estimate on what it would cost to, you know, take care of them, whatever he needed to do. So he gave me an estimate. And so I told him, I said, no, sir, we just, we just bought this place and we're restoring it and I'm not ready to do this yet, but I just wanted to know what it's going to cost me so when I am ready, because I'm putting everything I got into the restoration, and, and this was not priority, the trees. We'll get to that when we can, okay? And so um, uh, I didn't sign a contract. All I did was get an estimate, okay? So Carol and I left to go on a meeting somewhere. And when we came back, when we drove up in front of the place, there are people in the trees. They've got limbs everywhere. They're, they're cutting them. They're trimming them. And they're, I mean, they are working nonstop. And I get out of the car and I walk up to the guy. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm trimming your trees. I'm treating your trees. I said, sir, I told you I'm not ready to do this. He said, no. You did tell me you're ready to do it. I said, no, I didn't, sir. You know that. I didn't sign a contract. He said, you told me you wanted me to do this. I said, no, sir, I didn't. You know I didn't say that. I'm a man of my word. If I'd have told you that, then I would understand why you're here. But I didn't sign in a contract. I didn't tell you to get started on it now. Get your guys out of the trees and leave my property. Well, I know who you are. You're a preacher, and I'll I'll, I'll report that you're not a man of your word. I said, well, sir, uh, if you report it to anybody that knows me, uh, they know I'm a man of my word. Now, just get your men out of the trees and leave the property. Well, you owe me. I said, I don't owe you anything. I didn't sign a contract. Now, am I right here? Come on, help me out. I didn't owe the man anything. I didn't sign a contract. Well, he's mad at me, and now he's going to sue me, and he's going to do all this, you know. And, and of course, you know, I'm, I'm a preacher. I don't want to be sued. I don't want my name, you know, in the paper or on the television or, you know, uh, you know preacher lies to tree surgeon, won't pay him. <laughs> didn't lie to him. I didn't sign a contract and I didn't agree to anything. But oh, he's pushing it. I said, sir, do whatever you think you got to do, but I don't owe you anything. And I finally got him out of there. And so I went in the house and the Lord said, pain. I wanted to say, is there anybody else up there? I'd like a second opinion. (laughs) I don't know him. He said, pay him anyway. I said, Lord, why do I want to pay him? He said, he's hurting financially. His business is hurting and he thinks you're an easy touch. Now help him. It'll minister to him. I don't want to do that. (laughs) Then he said, don't let it get your joy. Ah, You had to bring that up again. (laughs) 
Are there some revelations you've ever received that you wish you hadn't received them? <laughs> I said, okay, Lord. So I wrote the guy, I called him. I wrote him a check for what I owed him. And at the time, I asked him, I said, what do you think I owe you for what you've done already? He said, $3,000. <laughs> I don't want to pay him $3,000. The Lord said, pay him. So I wrote the check, shaking. It looked like $3,000 to me. I don't know if anybody else could read it, but, you know. And I said, here's your check. And he started crying. I said, uh, are you still insistent Oh, we had an agreement. He said, no. He said, I've been hurting. I knew you were a preacher and I thought I could get away with this because I needed the money. I said, well, uh, I didn't want to pay you and the Lord told me to pay you and I'm giving you the $3,000 and uh, I'm going to pray for your business. Now, just a few days later, I got a call from a man. Actually, I got a call from Brother Copeland. And he said, there's, a, there's a, a, a friend of mine and yours that's here in Fort Worth. He called. He's out at Meacham Airport. And he wants to know if you can come meet him at the airport. He's getting ready to fly to Tulsa. I said, well, when does he want me to meet him? He said, this afternoon. Can you get there right away? He said, he didn't have your number. And I said, I'd call him for you or for him. And so I said, well, yes, sir, I'll go out there. So I went out to the airport and he's sitting in his airplane and I, I uh, walk up to him. He gets out of the airplane and he has a brown paper sack. And he said, here, this is yours. I said, what is this? He said, don't ask where it came from. I don't want a receipt for it. I'll just tell you this. I got it from the enemy's camp. <laughs> it's yours. <laughs> now I'm standing there and he hands me this brown paper bag. He said, and it's yours. Open it. I open it and it's full of cash. Hundred dollar bills. I folded it up the top of it and I gave it back to him. I said, I mean, people are out here at the airport. <laughs> I'm not going to walk around out here with a paper sack full of $100 bills. It looks like a drug deal going down. Now, I've never done drugs, but Jesse told me that's how you do it. I don't know. <laughs> Jesse said you never write a check for drugs. You know? But... I handed it back to him. He said, no, it's yours. I got to go. And he shut the door on the airplane. And, and I'm backing up while they're starting the engine, you know. And, and so I, I go to my car. And I, I put the paper bag in the seat next to me. And I'm driving home. <laughs> and when I got home, Carolyn said, what's in the bag? <laughs> I said, look. And I opened it. And she saw what was in there. And she said, where did that come from? I said, this man brought it and 
told me it's mine and don't ask me where he got it. Uh, he don't want a receipt and it, it goes to us personally and it came from the enemy's camp. <laughs> she said, well, how much is it? I said, I don't have a clue. So we dumped it out and, and you know, we, we pulled the drapes. <laughs> I mean, I don't want anybody looking in and, well, the Savelles are stealing the offerings again, you know. I was embarrassed and poured it out on the table there and, and started separating all them ones, counting them, putting them in piles. It was $21,000. $21,000. And he said, and it's yours personally. I don't want a receipt. Don't ask me where I got it. I just got it from the enemy's camp. And so, uh, I'm thinking $21,000. And then I remembered a scripture in Proverbs. It said, and when you catch a thief, make him recompense sevenfold. What is seven times three? $21,000. Hallelujah. Jesse heard me preach this years ago. And he said, after what I heard you just preach, I've got too expensive for the devil to mess with. Amen. Seven-fold restoration. See, twice-fold is minimum. Increase your faith, as Jesse said, and you can make him pay seven-fold. How do you maintain your joy in the middle of a trial? How can joy bring victory and restoration to your life? Today's special offer, the Joy and Restoration Package, contains Jerry Savelle's three-part CD series, Stability in Unstable Times. His best-selling book, If Satan Can't Steal Your Joy, He Can't Keep Your Goods, and his inspiring book, From Devastation to Restoration. In this package, Jerry teaches how joy isn't connected to circumstances, why many people become discouraged, how to stand strong against adversity, and how God restores even when things look impossible. God is capable of turning the most impossible situation into a victory. Don't delay. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the Joy and Restoration Special Package. Stop being an open target for Satan's attacks. God has called you to be a victor, not a victim. Order now and discover the joy and restoration God has for you. Thank you so very much for joining me today on Adventures in Faith. What a joy and an honor it is to share the Word of God with you, and I trust that your faith has been inspired today. You know, in the teaching that I've been sharing with you on this broadcast today, we've been talking about how important it is for us to never, never give up. Never stop applying your faith. Never give up on God, because God is the God of restoration. He will restore. And also remember this, don't ever let the devil steal your joy. Amen. Let me remind you of our very special offer today. It's the joy and restoration package. And first of all, my book on if Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. And then my book entitled from devastation to restoration. God wants you to be restored. He wants to see to it that everything Satan has stolen from you, it's returned and much more. And then finally, this three CD series, Stability 
in unstable times. What a fitting message it is for today. So if you'd like to order these, the ordering information is on your screen or go to jerrysavelle.org and uh, do it right away. Don't forget, don't delay. And I believe once you get them, it's going to be something that you're going to enjoy reading and listening to not only once, but several times. Thank you again for joining me. We'll see you again next week.